Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. First of all, I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians of the Adelaide Plains, where I make this recording. I would like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders listening to this recording. Also paying my respects to your elders, past, present and emerging. Please know that today we are going to be talking about transphobia. We're going to be talking about trans-exclusionary radical feminists and reading out words from people who hold these viewpoints. We're going to talk about violence against trans and queer people, trans suicide, gender dysphoria and internalised transphobia. Please keep yourself safe and please know that in the episode description we've listed some mental health services if you do need to access those. We encourage you to do so. Like a lot of kids my age, I went through a very big Harry Potter phase. I identified very much with the novels and the movies especially. And, you know, it's like watching one of my childhood heroes quite literally say that this thing that you are and what you uh, have spent so long trying to understand and realise things about isn't what I believe in. I know for me particularly it was very disheartening and it kind of crushed my spirit for a while and I didn't really like to think about it for a good two years, at least in terms of my gender. I just didn't want to approach it because I felt the effects of her stigma, especially like when the first round of transphobic tweets came out. You just heard the voices of two trans people who have been very generous in contributing to this episode. Uh, the first voice that you heard doing the acknowledgement of country is a trans woman named Dee, and the second voice you heard giving some insight into the situation we're going to talk about today is that of a gender fluid person named Max. We felt that it was really important for us to react quickly to the event that we're going to be discussing today. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and therefore, the, the turnaround on getting this episode out was about 24 hours. Yo, we haven't slept. We have not. Uh, and part of that was uh, trying to make sure that we got the contributions from our trans collaborators. And since we've uploaded this episode, we have been collaborating with them even further, making edits and updating the, the sound file uh, in order to better represent their experience. Yeah, so and know that if you listen to this episode when it first came out, um, this, is a, this is a newer and updated version. This is like episode 4.0 at the time of recording. So um, listen again, because this version is uh, more accurate and has taken some feedback from our trans contributors on board to, um, to better represent their community. We also just want to say that because of the very tight turnaround, we don't have any people of colour uh, represented in this discussion and we we regret that that being said this is a very difficult time for people of color and um, that was partially done because of the tight turnaround and the people that we had in our networks but also because we don't want to add to the emotional labor that people of color are doing right now 
the reason that we are creating this episode today and are adding a new element to our usual cycle of releasing episodes on Fridays is because we are reacting to a series of tweets made by the author J.K. Rowling, um, best known for having written the Harry Potter series, because she came out with this very transphobic series of tweets this week um, in the name of feminism. And A, we're a feminist podcast and we want to very actively denounce when people who are claiming to be feminists are transphobic because... We at Feminism Ruins Everything and as feminists in our lives aim to be as intersectional as possible and that wholeheartedly means including trans people in the feminist narrative. So we want to A, actively denounce the trans exclusion that J.K. Rowling has been spouting um, and also support the trans community at this time with our platform. We would like to give our thanks to the trans and gender diverse people who we've reached out to in this episode. We understand that it is a very trying and emotionally draining uh, time and event for them to be responding to. And we are so uh, privileged that they were able to, uh, uh, to, to come and join us in discussing in discussion on the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, we're very grateful for, for them, very honored that they have uh, lent their voices yeah. to this discussion. We yeah. think that it is of the most paramount importance that their voice is at the forefront of this discussion, and we just want to thank them for that. Yeah. And we know that it's it's taxing to to continue to advocate for your community, and especially when somebody of J.K. Rowling's status has um, has said something that's so harmful to your community. So we are really grateful to the emotional for the emotional labor that it's taken for you to to add your voices to this conversation. And like we're well aware that um, Ellis and I are both cisgendered. We, um, we both still uh, live and identify with the genders that we were assigned at birth. We're also joined today by a friend of the podcast, Josh Belperio. We're really grateful to have you here, Hello, Joshy. thank you. It's great to be back. Also cisgendered male. Also cisgendered male. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. And so we recognise that we don't personally have life, lived experience of transphobia. Like We can't no. speak from a place of understanding what that mm -hmm. is like. But at the same time, it's it therefore is less taxing for us to speak about transphobia and to to call it out and publicly denounce it and so we're going to use our privilege of not being triggered by by transphobia to be able to call it out call it out call yeah it out. it's absolute bullshit it really is and we felt that this would be the perfect topic to start uh, a little side project or, maybe or not perfect topic we wish we didn't have to talk about it like it would actually have been perfect if jk rowling hadn't made the tweets in the first place <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> a relevant topic it's a good segue um, because we we decided we we've talked a lot in in our introductions to our main episodes that we that we cover movies musicals and pop culture phenomena and we feel like uh, we want to start addressing more of those pop culture phenomena in what we're going to be calling uh, Taboo Tuesday because alliteration is cool. Mim came <laughs> up with the name. Thanks, Ellis. Thanks for the kudos. <laughs> <laughs> And so today we're going to be uh, directly addressing J.K. Rowling's tweets. Mm. We're going to uh, address the idea of, of what a TERF is and transphobia, uh, particularly when shared by people in positions of great influence yeah. and power. Uh, and just, just a quick uh, like episode-wide trigger warning. Absolutely, uh, yeah. We're going to be discussing transphobia and transphobic mm -hmm. tweets. So just be aware 
that if you skip this one because it's too much for you, we absolutely do get it. it. <laughs> also, at the same time, though, I think it's probably more important that cis listeners listen to this because yeah. yes, trans trans people know that transphobia exists. No. Nah. Yeah, and, they do. Um, I mean, not as in like they, they, don't, <laughs> they don't need to listen to it. Yeah, Sorry. like like our trans community and our, the trans community and our trans listeners know already that this is an issue and live with it in their everyday lives. But yeah, it's important that our cisgendered, therefore not transgendered, listeners are the people that hear this and and hear the queer voices um, and the trans voices who have um, very generously lent their perspective to this episode. And also so that they can learn that this is what's happening and, and be allies to the trans community. We also want to point out that this is not the topic of conversation mm. that should be at the forefront Absolutely right now. Absolutely not. Like, the Black Lives Matters movement is still such an important yes. uh, topic that should be discussed. It should be the forefront of our conversation. Mm-hmm. It should be uh, black voices that we are elevating and yep. promoting yep. and supporting in this time while, while they... they deal with um with with <laughs> institutionalized racism yeah. and police brutality that is what should be the topic of everybody's conversation right now but we have jk rowling yeah. who picks this time uh-huh. of all times to decide to be openly transphobic yeah instead of using her platform to promote Black Lives Matter, or, think... or any sort of positivity I just, at all. I bet she wishes she had a time turner. <laughs> I hope so. But, like, just the fact that she's detracting from the Black Lives narrative, the Black Lives Matter narrative right now, makes it even more morally reprehensible. Like, it is always bad to be transphobic, objectively. Yeah. But choosing now to do it, especially... And it, it's it's currently it's Pride Month in the United States, and therefore that kind of bleeds into the whole of the Western world. And something that Sarah, and one of our trans contributors, wanted me to mention is the fact that the reason that Pride happens in June is the fact that it's the anniversary of the Stonewall riots, which were predominantly led by people of color, and were the riots which essentially were the catalyst for. the the queer revolution in the United States. And there are so many parallels between the Black Lives Matter movement that is currently happening and the riot that was started by Stonewall. And apparently, according to Sarah, this is what she told me, the person who like threw the first brick at Stonewall was a black trans woman. So, you know, I think that's just so illustrative of the fact that trans rights and queer rights and black rights and the rights of people of colour and the rights of women are so interconnected and so intertwined that you can't separate them. And it's we're currently in the middle of maybe the biggest revolution around race that has happened, I mean, at least in our lifetimes and in this yeah. century. Yeah, well, well and, uh, my boyfriend said that there's been more mass mobilisation uh, in these protests than ever, ever. Wow. than ever before. I just uh, got chills. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Wow. Like even I know that it is absolutely. I know that institutionalized and systematic racism and police brutality and discrimination on the basis of race are horrific. And I know that these protests are so important. And, and I know that they're not for me in any way, shape, or form. But I am given so much hope that there actually is change around the corner because of this mass mobilization. Mm, mm. Like that is so powerful to me. Like I, I got really emotional mm. at the um 
the protest that we yeah. were at on yeah. Saturday because it, it genuinely felt palpable that there was change happening. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the fact is that J.K. Rowling has chosen now to be openly transphobic when it's Pride Month and we're in the middle of a huge Black Lives Matter movement and transphobia disproportionately affects black and people of colour and indigenous trans people. So, like... Look, there's never a good time to be transphobic, but now's an especially bad one. Like, read the room, Joe. <laughs> read the room. All right, so what's she done? Shall we get into it? Well, before we get into it, we just want to define a few terms that mm. will come up through these tweets. We do, we do. Uh, the first term that we'd like to define is TERF. Yes. And that's an acronym that stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Yeah. We've also been made aware of the fact that within the trans community, even though it doesn't make it into the acronym, it's pretty much widely understood that TERF stands for Trans Woman Exclusionary Feminism. So even though um, by non-binary people and trans men are caught in the crossfire, it's specifically cis women, cis feminists, in inverted commas, targeting transgender women and trying to invalidate their experience of womanhood. Uh, that being said, we did want to share the perspective of a trans man named Jasper who uh, shared his perspective and experiences with TERFs. Or, this is my favourite fun fact of the entire episode, the fact that they're sometimes called farts because that stands for... A feminist appropriating radical transphobe. <laughs> but the perspective shared with me is the fact that he also sees trans men being targeted by TERFs because... In the eyes of TERFs who deny the trans experience, they see trans men as just being like butch women traitors who are like defying the sisterhood and going over to the masculine side of things because they can then benefit from patriarchy, which is so stupid because in a vacuum, a trans man is more impacted by patriarchy and is more discriminated against than a cis woman in a vacuum. It's almost as if the turf ideology is fundamentally flawed and bigoted. You might say that. Yeah. It's kind of exactly what it says on the tin, really. Yep, trans yeah. exclusionary, radical, feminist, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's like calling people who wear glasses people who wear glasses. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not, it's not a slur. <laughs> no, it's just a descriptor. <laughs> it's just yeah. a descriptor. Um, we've already des described what cisgender means. That's a word that's going to be you know, integral to this debate. And also we want to talk about the distinction between sex and gender. Mm. Uh, so essentially from our understanding, at a cursory level, not having any like medical training behind us, <laughs> no. um, we uh, are led to believe that sex is, um, you know, the, the physical and biological characteristics. So it's like your X and Y chromosomes and it's whether or not you have a vulva or a penis. Like, or a combination or thereof. Or a combination if, if you're intersex. Uh, intersex um, and what your uh, reproductive organs are. Yeah. Your hormones. Uh, so that's what sex is. That's a that's a yeah. biological finite and it's, thing. It's just like a fact. It's it's yeah, scientifically exactly. measurable. Exactly. Just, and it's empirical as yeah, well. Yeah. You just can't sort of to, dispute it. To some degree depending on how well you can see somebody's insides you know you true that's a, true um but the idea that sex exists yes. is just not it's a biological fact yeah it's not something to, uh, that's up for debate yeah. really yeah. gender on the other hand is um is a mental thing it's uh the the gender that you personally identify with and yeah. those two things 
can be out of line. Uh, mm. Not out of line, that's not the right way to say it, but you can be one gender in your brain and be a sex that um, doesn't match that. Which we call physically. gender dysphoria. Yeah, and that's also kind of the definition of being somebody who is trans, the fact that you are assigned one gender at birth and then you grow up and you realise that that is not the gender that you are in your brain. But also we want to really add a huge disclaimer to this that we are by no means authorities on sex or gender and we've given some very cursory definitions here just to give you a bit of a frame of reference as an entry point to this discussion to kind of because J.K. Rowling goes into the idea of sex isn't real so we just wanted to give you these very cursory definitions but we'd encourage you to to further look into these very complex nuanced ideas and concepts of sex and gender seek out some trans perspectives because we don't want to give the impression that we are remotely um experts on on the subject as, and so our very uh, cursory mm. understanding is that when there is a discrepancy between the gender you are assigned at birth and the gender with which you identify, that's known as gender dysphoria. Uh, I do want to mention that it was pointed out by our trans collaborators that it, even though uh, gender dysphoria can be a part of the trans experience, it is not a part of every trans experience. And then finding, uh, finding a way to express yeah. the gender that you are yeah. uh, is what? Some trans people might call gender euphoria. Oh, I like really that. That's the opposite of Credit where credit's due, Mama Alto explained that to me. That's very um, beautiful. And that's why she made... She's an amazing, amazing cabaret artist from Melbourne um, who's a massive uh, trans activist. Yeah. And she created a show called Gender Euphoria. That's beautiful. Oh, that's so cool. I yeah. love that play on words. Yeah. We also recognise that we're cis people who are still learning about the trans experience and we don't have all of these terms down pat yet so we've been made aware of a resource where there's a really helpful trans um, and and queer more broadly glossary available online ellis do you want to tell our listeners where they can find that yes if you go to acon.org.au that's acon.org.au you can find their external language guide uh, which has plenty of terminology that you can use to educate yourself yeah and we're also going to put uh, the link to that in the description of this episode so you can find it there as well now that we are feeling so warm inside about that, why don't we go on to the tweets? Something okay. that is not remotely warm and fuzzy. We're going to do this My Dad Wrote a Porno style, <laughs> if you're familiar with that podcast, where basically Josh is going to read the tweets and Ellis and I are going to react. Yeah. The reason that Josh is here is not only because he is a friend of the <laughs> podcast and we love him very much, and also... I love you too, Mim and Ellis. And... He is a queer voice without being somebody who is um, who, trans. Like you can, you can still trans. be removed from transphobia mm. enough to be objective and talk about it without it affecting you too much. But also, like we just had a, a massive rant last night about this. Basically, yeah, Josh <laughs> yeah. called me and was like, "Have you seen what J.K. Rowling's done on Twitter?" And he was reading the tweets to me, and I was like, screaming, screaming while driving. While driving, <laughs> it, it was not great. very safe. Yeah, um, and so I was like. Well, we've got to launch Taboo Tuesday now because we've got to talk about this because we as feminists with the platform, I feel, have a bit of an obligation to call out trans exclusion. Exactly. So what's she done? Should we get what into it? What has she done, Josh? Enlighten us. All right. So on Sunday the 7th of June, Australian time, mm-hmm. JK Rowling shared an article. This article was posted in uh, this uh, 
this uh, website called devx.com. DevX is a social enterprise and media platform for the global development community. DevX aims to connect and inform development, health, humanitarian, and sustainability professionals through news, business, and intelligence and funding and career opportunities in international development. Which sounds like a bloody beautiful cause. Sounds, sounds great. DevX, yeah. you all are doing great work, and I hope that the fact that J.K. Rowling used you as a platform to be transphobic means that your work becomes more publicly recognized and you get more funding and recognition. We love you, DevX. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. Fuck you, J.K. Rowling. Their trademark, um, what do you call it, slogan is literally, do good, do it well. Ooh, Aww. that's a good slogan. That's a good slogan. So this was posted under Global Views, sponsored by Water Supply and Sanitation Collaborative Council. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's called Opinion, Creating a More Equal Post-COVID-19 World for People Who Menstruate. Which is very important. And I'm led to believe that there's also a... a an element of that article which emphasizes people of color and their limited access to um, sanitation products and like menstrual healthcare. Totally. Well, it's about how COVID-19 is affecting uh, people, particularly people in uh, developing yep. the developing world, yeah. so mm-hmm. particularly people of color, yeah. how they're able to access menstrual products. Yeah, that's it's... a very important thing to talk about. Yeah. Yep. It says an estimated 1.8 billion girls, women and gender non-binary persons menstruate and this has not stopped because of the pandemic. They still require these materials and safe access and blah, blah, blah. And, and this is, the article goes through that. Can confirm okay. I have menstruated in the last two months. Great. So you're part, part <laughs> of that <laughs> 1.8 billion. So why did, why did J.K. Rowling retweet this? Right. Well, as, you, as we see, the article says, girls, women, and gender non-binary persons menstruate. Yes. Yes. And it, at, am I not correct in thinking that the title says people who menstruate? The title does say people who menstruate. Yeah. So J.K. Rowling quoted people who menstruate, and then she added, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wumben? Wimpound? Wumbund? I wish that our listeners could see my massive eye roll right now. <laughs> um, J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling, Joe, doll. <laughs> Sorry, she doesn't earn my respect right now. I'm going to be patronizing towards her. Um, Joe, Joe, sweetie, you clearly have a gift at coming up with inventive, fun, made up words. Made up words. Um, that's a gift that you've used for good in writing the Harry Potter series. Largely. La- largely. Josh has some qualms with the queer representation in Harry Potter. We're going to delve into that in another episode where we dedicate the discussion to (laughs) a feminist critique of Harry Potter. But, Joe Doll, you evidently have a gift for making up fun words. Please don't then use that to be transphobic. I also just want to take issue with the fact that there is no way that she is impacted as a woman from like she's from, not excluded from that inclusive statement people who menstruate i'm gonna make the call that she's probably not hit menopause yet i would imagine that joe rowling still rolling rowling i honestly i don't have enough respect for her to care about how to pronounce her name right now i'm just gonna stop you right there past mim this is future mim hey you've received some feedback that the rhetoric around not respecting somebody enough to get their name right is actually kind of rhetoric that is used against the trans community so let's not do that again uh i'm gonna strive to do better and i'm going to pronounce jk rowling's name correctly so yeah i just want to say sorry for using rhetoric that is used against trans people carry on but i can't imagine that she doesn't menstruate and so she's 
included in that statement. She's a person who menstruates just like non-binary people, yeah. as it says in the article. And just and like probably like some trans men, depending on you know, yep, where some they are trans in men their transition. May, may menstruate. And also there are some women who don't menstruate because they, you know, they've already gone through menopause or, or you know some people have polycystic ovarian syndrome which can yep, help periods yep so it sounds like people who menstruate is a much more accurate way yes. of describing people who need to access those kinds of products it, than, 100% is than more women accurate. yeah um so i don't know why she had to post that she had to single that out for whatever but reason. she yeah, did but she did but i mean that, i mean that's one tweet Mm. Like, that's that's okay. Surely she didn't say anything else after I, that. And then what happens is uh, someone tweeted her with a tweet that is now unavailable, but from its context, mm. I can only assume that that tweet said, um, do you know that there's a difference between sex and gender? And we know that because yeah. we already talked yeah. about it. This is, this is what I think that it said, but I, I don't know because the tweet is unavailable. So in response to that tweet, she said, I've spent much of the last three years reading books, blogs, and scientific papers by trans people, medics, and gender specialists. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what the distinction is. (laughs) Never assume that because someone thinks differently, they have no knowledge. Now, I mean, my my issue with this one is that, well, one, anyone can just say, I've read all the books. (laughs) Yeah, can you um, cite your sources, Joe? Yeah. Like, Like, with (laughs) Were these peer-reviewed articles? Yeah, what books were you reading? Were, like, were they from the restricted section? Or <laughs> is it that book that that book that you pick up from the restricted section that like tries to eat you? You know mm. that that one that they they yeah. get it's the like, monster book of monsters. The monster yeah. book of monsters. That's, is that your source? I don't think that's a reliable source, Joe. I don't think it's reliable either. But I also feel like like I mean, benefit of that. J.K. Rowling seems to be a very educated woman. Oh, she's and so have, intelligent. And I have no doubt that she has access to all of these. It's just that if she has done all the required reading, as she so says, she's obviously misunderstood it or read the wrong things and co- or come to the wrong yeah. conclusion or at the end of it. Or she's reading something that has a lot of inherent transphobic bias. Mm. Just, yeah. just because you're well-read doesn't mean you've read the right thing. Again... Cite your sources, Joe. We'd love to know what they are. We'd love to know what they are. I, um, J.K. Rowling, if you ever read this um, relatively unknown Australian feminist podcast... Did I say read? read? You said read. read. Look, maybe we'll come out with a transcript. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you ever listen to us, Joe, we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. What, what were you reading, doll? Yeah, but but then, I mean I mean I'm I'm sure that's it though. Like mm. like a couple of tweets. You know, that's that's got to be it. That's, that's got to be, be the end it. of it. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Alice, but oh. she goes on. So, Scott Bryan tweets her saying... Love you, Scotty. Please talk to some queer people. Yeah. Please. Yep. And so a she... A reasonable re- request. A reasonable <laughs> request. She responds to this reasonable request. <laughs> One of my best mates just called me. Mm. Self-described butch lesbian. It was hard to tell because she was shouting quite loudly. But I could just make out... You're a wizard, Harry. Yes. <sighs> Joe, you did not just play the I have a gay friend card. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even play the I have a trans friend card. Yeah, I know. Lord knows we all know you don't have trans friends. Yeah, but not, um, well, if you, if you did she already, end, you certainly know. don't now. But you got a butch lesbian friend yeah. who agrees with you, who is clearly yeah. also a turf. And who clearly exists. <laughs> we all know that J.K. Rowling has a uh, vivid imagination. Sure. <laughs> I wonder if your butch lesbian friend ever like asked you why there was in the thousands of characters that you've created in your your world why there was never one butch lesbian yeah character. I don't know if you know this, Joe Rowling, but uh, butch lesbian does not equal trans person. Yes, and just yes. because somebody falls under the LGBT plus 
umbrella doesn't mean that they speak for every no, trans, no. Uh, every queer person, and especially this... when queer experiences are so diverse. So what uh, J.K. Rowling was so this this particular turf. Uh, butch lesbian yeah. friend of J.K. Rowling's yeah. was exhibiting what Sarah will describe yeah. as lateral violence. Okay. So someone within the queer community um, hurting someone else who's within the queer yeah. community um, because they they feel threatened by that person's yeah. existence, mm-hmm. uh, which is complete bullshit. Yeah, and the trash fire thing is that there's no lesbian on earth. I would make the pretty bold assumption, but I'm pretty confident in it. There is no lesbian on earth who does not know discrimination. No. Like, whether it's on the basis of their sexuality or the fact that they are a woman in a very patriarchal society, there is, like, no way that that any lesbian hasn't experienced some form of discrimination in their life. So, at that point, like, why would any lesbian wish to discriminate further? They know what it's like to be discriminated against. Why would they then go on to discriminate against other people yeah. when really everybody just needs to support everybody and, like, and be good that's allies. Such a, that's such a lack of empathy, isn't it? To yeah. like be like, I know discrimination. Mm. I am now going to exhibit it against you. Mm. Mm. Rude, butch lesbian. So but, that's pretty but, trash. But surely that's it. Like, surely surely it, it ends with the butch lesbian surely, who definitely exists. I wish, I wish Ellis, but oh. it goes on. Not Lucy Liu, in response to this tweet, mm-hmm. says... Yep. Uh, in response to this butch, butch lesbian friend, says, takes one turf to know another, I guess. J.K. Rowling and her bud, the butch lesbian, both hanging out and being turfs together. Well, in response to that, J.K. Rowling wrote, feminazi, mm. turf, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bitch, witch. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Times change, woman hate is eternal. All right, uh, okay, first off, Turf isn't a slur. No, it's not. It's an accurate descriptor <laughs> of, of 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 who you are. If you are a feminist, mm, who, in inverted commas, I don't want to be associated <laughs> with her. If you are a self-identifying feminist yeah. who excludes trans people, you are, by your own actions, a trans exclusionary radical. If you're on a skateboard, fem- <laughs> uh, feminist. Yeah, and like I get that maybe. You can the the one thing that is slightly subjective that you could take issue with is the radical, whatever. You're, You're a, tef. a tef. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, but therefore it is like it is not a slur in the same way that bitch is no. or, or feminazi. feminazi. Like like feminazi equates feminism with anti-Semitism and like the Holocaust. That is that is so disproportionate. And mm. also, like feminism is working for good. <laughs> mm. um, I, I know, I know that there are a lot of men's rights activists that would disagree, but no, feminism is working f- for the good of humanity and society. Whereas, if somebody is calling you a turf, it's probably because you have made your opinions on the trans community known, like J.K. Rowling has yes. constantly. Yes. So taking yeah. issue with being called yeah. turf, you know, the best way to not get called a turf. Don't, Don't be exclude a turf. trans people. Yeah, and I think that here she's feeling quite defensive. Lots of mm. people have started really criticizing her for yeah. um, what she said, mm-hmm. and she's now just lashing out yeah. without really thinking about it. No, because it's so um, easy to use very basic logic to undermine the, the equa- equating those terms. Yeah, and yeah. I fully understand, and, and I've absolutely experienced like having my voice trying to be drowned out because I'm a woman, and. Mm. Sure, 
I'm a white woman. Mm. I'm a straight woman. I am. Mm. Which J.K. Rowling is as well. Yeah, as mm-hmm. is J.K. Rowling. Like, I'm an able bodied woman. Uh, like, I'm, arguably rich. Uh, yeah, like, I come from economic privilege mm. and, like, I am relatively thin as well. Like, mm. I. <laughs> All those things that J.K. Rowling is exactly. as well. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. like, those are other reasons that people would be silenced. Um, but, yeah, I've definitely had my voice tried to be drowned out or belittled or demeaned by virtue of the fact that I am a woman. And people and have maybe called you those words to drown you out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've been yeah. called all of those things, except a turf. Because, because you're not one. At least not to my face. <laughs> well, you're but not. you're not one. I, I like, try I, to be I feel very like, inclusive but of, I feel like, of trans people in I feel my like feminist misog- activism. I feel like misogynists don't know what that word is. No, I don't think so. I don't think they'd care to. Yeah. Because it would in, in, it would implicate that they cared about trans people. Yeah, that's like the spot <laughs> the difference. Or remotely <laughs> engaged with feminists. That's the spot the difference kind of word there yeah. and all the things. It's like... But my, my point being is that um, definitely some things that I have said have fallen on deaf ears. Hang on. No, that's an ableist thing to say. Have not been received by an audience because... I am a woman, and because the messenger was a woman. Yeah. In this case, we are listening to J.K. Rowling. She is a woman, but she's also a woman with a huge platform. The reason that we are tearing her down is and not tearing down her message woman. is not because she's a woman. We're tearing down her message because her message is problematic. Yeah, exactly. In, in those exactly. other terms, like the, the word bitch, the word feminazi, mm. Mm. you're not attacking the message itself. You're, you're attacking, attacking the messenger. The messenger. Yeah. Whereas yeah. here... You're gagging someone because they're a woman. Exactly. And she's saying, you're just gagging me because I'm a woman. No, we're not. We're, ta- we're, not. we're gagging you because the thing that you are saying is very harmful. Yeah. And if this message were being conveyed by a man we also would be trying to shut down the message, not by virtue of the fact that it's a man delivering it, but because the message itself is problematic. Yeah, and it's important to point out that TERF isn't a gendered term. No. Men no. can be TERFs as well, in yeah. the same way that men can be feminists. It's just that TERFs are shit feminists. <laughs> exactly. Yep. We're going to take a pause from our discussion here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've heard a lot from us, and we feel that it's really important Uh, to highlight trans voices because this is a trans issue. So we reached out to some members of the trans community and they very graciously uh, provided us with some answers and insight into the whole JK Rowling situation. We're going to hear from Max first and here they are now. God, this is such a frustrating time, especially in Pride Month. It's June. Can we not have uh, people trying to debate whether or not our existence is valid every June? Thanks. But um, <laughs> um, I think um, it's very damaging the way in which she communicated something very transphobic, which a lot of people didn't see as transphobic, which I won't even get into that. But um, it does a lot of harm because it just it re-stigmatizes what it means to be trans. It um, deliberately ignores the fact that, you know, sex and gender are separate things. They are. There's no debate about that. They just are separate things. And, um, it gives her the opportunity to kind of destroy a positive narrative around transness. And, I know that when I was trying to figure out my gender identity, I really kind of clung 
to anybody who I thought was respectable saying, like, this is ridiculous, this thing is not real because blah, blah, blah. And so I found myself clinging to that as a young trans person with a lot of internalised transphobia. I found myself kind of clinging to the words of, like, well, yeah, if this person with a lot of credibility who's created these wonderful things says this is the case, then that is the case. It, like, and it's not. It just simply isn't. And I think it's not only harmful to trans people who have internalised transphobia, but it's harmful to people who aren't trans because they will see someone who is respectable using their platform for anti-trans remarks and think that it's okay. They'll think that that's the truth because, you know, no one's ever really stated anything against her, which is why I'm so grateful that, like, um, people are speaking up and saying that, like, you know, it, why it's damaging. They're saying why it's important that we state the facts and we let people know what is what. And it it's really disheartening for me personally because I think like a lot of kids my age, I went through a very big Harry Potter phase. I identified very much with the novels and the movies especially. And, you know, it's like watching one of my childhood heroes um quite literally say that this thing that you are and what you uh, have spent so long trying to understand and realise things about isn't what I believe in. And I know for me particularly it was very disheartening and it kind of crushed my spirit for a while and I didn't really like to think about it for a good two years, at least in terms of my gender. I just didn't want to approach it because I felt the effects of her stigma, especially, like, when the first round of transphobic tweets came out. Um, so, you know, it's it's harmful. There's, we can't pretend that there aren't real effects from using a platform as big as JK Rowling's to do real damage to people. That's There's nothing that we can pretend isn't happening. It's like, it is happening. I, I see it every day as a trans person. I see the way people adjust their behaviour based on what people with large platforms say. And it's just, it's very frustrating. Thank you very much, Max, for your perspective. Uh, we will now hear from Dee and what they have to say. Uh, seriously, thank you for giving me a platform to express my opinions on these issues. Like, First of all, like, it's it's just one aspect challenging the massive effort that the trans community has fought for. Having our identities and basic, basic human rights recognised and protected by law. Just a quick disclaimer, I've, I've very recently come out to the world as my true and authentic self, and informing my answers, I've consulted a brains trust of a handful of predominantly trans women who I'm lucky enough to have in my support network and honoured to call my friends. I'd also like to say I can't speak for trans men or non-binary people, but especially queer, black, indigenous people of colour, as they are some of the most marginalised people in the world right now, and their experience differs to mine, and to attempt to describe their journeys, any of their journeys, would just do a disservice to them. I see all people 
as allies in our shared struggle for representation and protection, and we all need to help each other. There is an immeasurable amount of factors that harm trans people well before we are aware of who we truly are. The indoctrination of internalised transphobia and homophobia is rife in Australian culture. Like, just take Hannah Gadsby's um, Netflix special. I think it's a Netflix special. Nanette. It had my sister and I in tears as we watched it just after I had come out to her, as there are so many parallels to be drawn from internalised self-hatred of sexuality and gender. To be honest, it's terrifying. When a juggernaut of pop culture with a cult following such as J.K. Rowling turns her eye to disempowering trans people and vindictively trans women in the name of feminism, I feel it sadly misses the mark of what could be people working together for equality. Thankfully, all the people I know who are big Potter fans have publicly renounced her as a bigoted, transgender, woman-exclusionary, radical feminist. I'm not incredibly familiar with the Potter franchise. Like, I've seen all the films a handful of times. I've I've read some troubling excerpts from the books, and from what I've seen and from what has been brought... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To my attention, Rowling seems enabled to separate some of her horrendous views from her work. Even as she professes not to hold these prejudices, coupled with the hindsight and the slew of tweets over the recent years, this is all just too apparent. The three most obvious instances I'm aware of are her portrayal of the goblins and Gringotts. It just seems to be an incredibly anti-Semitic stereotype. The racist undertones evident in the segregated communities of the wizarding world, which feels normalised and unchallenged. And the negative way masculine traits are utilised to describe Rita Skeeter in the books. It really highlights her transphobic views. It's disappointing that a franchise based on what I thought was inclusivity and overcoming adversity through friendship and acceptance for a common empowerment and liberation has this despicable subtext that, you know, it's it's just heartbreaking. I'm so thankful that so many people and the cast members of the films have publicly made it clear that they don't share her views. As a tweet my mate just sent me says, it seems like every three months we, we find out Or, no, she reminds us of these points. Thank you so much to Max and Dee for those perspectives. And now back to our discussion. She went on. I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. This is the really offensive line. Mm -hmm. 
I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. Mm. That's actually dramatic. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. Uh, okay. So she's saying that trans oppression is not a thing. If, if you were She's oppressed. like, if you were being oppressed, I would march re- with you. I- we are going to fight her bigotry and uh, absolute complete ignorance with some... You're a wizard, Harry. ...in facts, aren't we? Well, (laughs) it's the only way you can fight bigotry, but uh, what are facts these days? Yeah, That's another topic. This is going to be fake news. Oh, God, I I regret... But let's just... At least least all of our... all of our sources are, all of our information is sourced. Yeah, like <laughs> More we are, than we are checking our facts. Yeah. Also, Ellis and I, we recognise, have a bad track record of sometimes not knowing the characters of uh, movies that we talk about. But, you know, when we're talking about something as uh, important and significant as, uh, as transphobia, we're backing up our sources today, everybody. Yeah, mm. we're going okay. back to uni. It's time to reference things. Um, <laughs> so one of the trans voices that we consulted in... Uh, in I guess uh, educating ourselves ourselves to be able to talk about this issue um, was my friend Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a trans woman. Um, she is an activist, and holy heck, she is so articulate in the mm. way that she describes not only her trans experience but mm. the trans um, the trans community and uh, what the significance of these tweets have been. And Sarah has also. Um, been very supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement through her trans activism as yep. well and has been very humble about saying that she doesn't want transphobia um, in the media to detract from the Black Lives Matter movement. Yep. And um, I, I really appreciate that um, that perspective from her. Yep. But Sarah very graciously... Well, seriously, went so above and beyond in uh, the the messages that she sent me um, that she's given me permission to, um, to to read on this podcast. And one of the things that she sent me was some statistics about um, about trans deaths. And I, I honestly feel a little bit shitty that that she sent me this one. I very could have easily could have educated myself. I, I feel a bit crap that I put it on a trans person to to tell me the really awful statistics about. Mm. Um, the number of people of trans, the number of trans people who have been killed. Um, so I'm really grateful to her for sharing this information with me. I just want to make very clear we're about to talk about the deaths of trans people. Um, if you would like to not listen to this section of the podcast, we'll put a timestamp in the episode description uh, so that you know when to skip to, so that you don't need to hear about trans deaths. Mm. Sarah writes. In the past 12 months, 331 trans and gender diverse people were reported murdered globally. A total of 3,314 trans and gender diverse people were reported killed in 74 countries between January 2008 and September 2019. This is grossly underreported and doesn't take into account secondary deaths related to suicide and self-harming related deaths deaths there are also many deaths not reported as trans deaths due to a range of reasons from surviving family to local area politics 
Every year on November the 20th, we remember and honour the lives of trans and gender diverse people reported murdered in the past 12 months. There are some countries where you can not only be dragged out into the street in front of your family and community, but the police do it. There are public beatings, stonings and worse. And of course, that also happens um, in, to gay people in, in a number of countries worldwide as well. Doesn't it, Josh? Yeah, so you've got hate crimes. Uh, one that I particularly remember uh, is ISIS sewing up gay men's butts um, and waiting until their bowels explode. And then they die by, you know, all the internal bleeding, internal bleeding and, 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 and infection and, and all that goodness. terrible stuff. So, so, um, I do want to read one more um, paragraph from Sarah. She says... When the media inevitably reports on these deaths, even in Australia, derogatory and disrespectful language are rife. It's always sensationalised and the comments and the news polls are even worse. And I know also a lot like that people are misgendered, like, yeah. even even posthumously. Like that's absolutely awful. Mm, and and like, disgusting. the point about polls as well, like, you know, you have news.com put out a poll like, does transphobia exist? And it's like, Yes, all the, the white cis people that are currently that, that subscribe to news.com are going to be like, no, of course not, because I've never experienced it. Even more horrific statistics. The ABC News published an article in 2017 which cited the Trans Pathways Survey, which examined the mental health of trans young people. And it found that amongst the age group of Australians from the ages of 14 to 25, 11% in the general Australian population had self-harmed compared to almost 80% of trans young people. Oh, my God. That's horrific. Now, 2.4% of that same population in the general population had attempted suicide compared to 48% of trans people. Oh, my God. I don't think it's a bold statement to say that I don't think there is any other minority in the world where suicide rates would be comparable. I really can't imagine. Although I will just jump in as future Mim here and say that since recording, we have been made aware of the fact that suicide rates amongst Indigenous Australians, it's particularly amongst Indigenous youth, are comparable, um, which is which is horrifying. I just think the statistics speak for themselves that you don't have 50% of any particular group trying to kill themselves unless their lived experience is unlivable and made unlivable by the experience, by the discrimination that they experience. And this is the very real consequence that hate speech such as truly, J.K. Rowling's truly. has. It's um, We might have seen these um, diagrams going around the internet in relation to the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. of the Pyramid of White They're Supremacy really, where hate crimes are at the top. Really useful. And, and um, it's... Yeah. Uh, and, Oh, graphics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hate crimes are at the top and they're supported by lots of other things. And at the bottom is microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even these statements that um, even even J.K. Rowling ob- uh, objecting to people who menstruate. Yeah, 100%. Um, that is a microaggression and, yeah. and it escalates then into just actual and, aggression. And these things but... are at the base of the pyramid, meaning that they uphold... These kinds of horrific statistics that we're seeing. And, yeah, and, and trans people being, you know, publicly beaten. And, like, I think that the, a big difference um, with, with when you talk about suicide, 
a lot of this is uh, alienation and isolation. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. at least when because queer identities are as as Andrew Solomon refers to in Far from the Tree, which is a really great resource. Oh, great! Um, to read about, uh, he's a gay man, and he talks about identities being either horizontal or vertical, mm. and um, horizontal identities are. Identi- sorry, sorry. Vertical identities are identi- identities that you inherit from your parents. So, yep. for instance, race is a yep. vertical identity. Yep. So, you may be very oppressed yeah. as a member of a particular race, um, but you have your parents. They're the same race as yep. you, yep. and yep. you've got a community there. Yeah. So, like within your family lineage, yeah. and like your cousins and yeah. stuff have the same race. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. So, your kind of oppression might be maybe very extreme in your in your society, um, but you won't experience the same kind of isolation yeah. that you will experience that because you may it's experience shared within your immediate yeah, family. That you may experience from a horizontal identity, which is mm-hmm. uh, queerness. Queerness is a horizontal identity. Mm-hmm. It's rarely inherited vertically from yeah. your parents. Yeah. So uh, that's that's partly what drives these kinds of really high levels of of suicide that yeah. we see amongst queer people, because you have a horizontal people. identity, you but you can't access the rest of your community. Yeah, because societally, it's it's not okay to belong to that particular identity, so you can't access other people. Yeah, you, which is you hide it, and so you can't yeah. identify other people. Yeah, which is why queer people accessing uh, safe queer communities is so important so for us. Important. So yeah. important. That's why we have drag race, even though drag race is transphobic. <laughs> um, that's why we that's have... That's a whole other episode. <laughs> that's why we have queer clubs. And it, it really sucks that um, gay people and lesbians and, and bisexual people can, can be transphobic. That's just that just really sucks. Yeah, like we that's said before, if you know really discrimination, shitty. don't put it on somebody else. Yeah. No, no, that's really shitty. Uh, so, you, you know, I mean, it's so baffling to me that, I mean, these statistics... Are right there. They are public knowledge. Mm. Anybody who I don't know claims to have read lots of books <laughs> and articles mm. would have seen this information and in no way would have felt justified in using the word if. if. Yeah. If you were oppressed. Surely, surely that's where she stopped. <sighs> the idea that women like me who've been empathetic to trans people for decades <laughs> feeling, feeling kinship because they're vulnerable in the same way as women, i.e. to male violence, hate trans people because they think sex is real and has lived consequences is mm. nonsense. See, here, here's, down. here's the moment where I think J.K. Rowling has confused sex and gender. I think so. Yes. Because as far as we're aware, nobody or... It, nobody the is the tiniest minority. The tiniest, <laughs> most extreme, radical... Minority might be saying we should take down the construct, the, the idea of gender. Gender is entirely a social construct, and we should remove it entirely. Yeah, but um, and like, nobody is but saying no that one's about saying, sex. No one's saying that about saying sex. Get rid of sex, like it's a you can't get rid of sex. Fact. No, and like sure, it doesn't necessarily exist in a binary because you know intersex people exist, <laughs> but yeah. no one's saying get rid of sex. And I I get that there's some merit to the the idea that like. Gender is a societal construct. Social construct, yeah. yeah. And But also it's a frame of reference that we use and like it can be really helpful. And just because it's a social construct doesn't mean that it isn't real. Um, yeah. Like laws are just social constructs. Laws are co- social constructs and we have all agreed as a society to uh, to abide by them and have a system that upholds them and that's kind of, kind of the basis of... Yeah. I mean, 
obviously currently it's becoming very apparent that there are facets of the justice system <laughs> that really need to be dismantled and there needs to be a massive overhaul of them. But at the same time, mm. like these are the, the underpinning notions of our society. Like, Money is a construct. Money is yeah. a, but no one's saying get rid of money. Although well, you're a wizard, Harry. Uh, capitalism. We yeah. should. Anyway, but 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 the the point is, she. I feel like she's an intelligent woman who's mm. backed herself up into a corner here. She really has, and, and now she's, she's trying to justify she's it. She's clutching she's at like, straws oh here. She's like <laughs> extreme femi- extreme. Sorry, extreme um, uh, proponents of of uh, queer theory, uh, advocating for the deconstruction of sex. And I object to that. I have a theory that what has happened is that J.K. Rowling just is transphobic. She has not had enough engagement with the trans community to feel comfortable with the idea of trans people. So she's just got this reactionary bigotry because... Mm. Of you know the Whatever. worldview that she yeah. has curated. Yeah, I think that's the case. And yeah. now, and she is an intelligent woman, and she's like, "All right, I've got to find some sources to back up this this and discomfort some, some that I feel." Which lesbian friends? And some butch <laughs> lesbian friends, if they exist. Um, <laughs> and I think no, she's... the butch lesbian friend must exist because there's no way that J.K. Rowling would invent a queer person. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. A plus, well Ellis Dublin. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I think she has... You're right, she, Josh. She's backed herself into a corner. She's like, all right, this is my bigoted stance. Um, I feel uncomfortable and threatened by trans people, so I'm going to use my intelligence to go out and try and find some sources, in inverted commas, because she hasn't cited them, um, to back up my bigotry. And she's found one... You're a wizard, Harry. ...article that says oh, there are some very radical trans people that want to get rid of the notion of sex. And she's like, oh, no, my femininity and my experience of being a woman in the world is going to be undermined by the fact that they want to get rid of the concept of sex. And so then I will be invalidated as a woman. No, 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 honey. No one is saying that. No. Stop trying to justify your bigotry. You are just transphobic and scared of a really lovely community. It's terrible. And it's the exact same rhetoric that we saw uh, in the marriage equality debate in Australia where mm. they were like, but if we let gay people marry, then <gasps> trans people will be allowed to exist. That's, that was, that <laughs> that was, was their argument. Was that was literally their argument. The bullshit thing was that, that like a trans man and a trans woman under old laws could have got married. Like trans people got dragged under a bus for a fight that wasn't even for them. Really, it was, it was really just I mean, absolutely bullshit. Like obviously, if you don't identify as either a man or a woman, you wouldn't have been able to get married when the war was. There. No, and and, and woman, but. I have so many trans friends who trans friends who um, really campaigned for marriage equality yeah. and got really really hurt in that debate. So hurt and didn't get anything out of it. No, and it was just fucked. So and because because people in the trans community are a blessing. And, mm. and that has been made even more apparent to us in the last 24 hours as we've reached out to a handful of trans people and been like, hey, is there any chance that you would offer us your perspective on this? And they've been so generous with their time and knowledge and yeah, resources. Yeah, it's not their job to educate hey, us. trans community, so. we f- You're a wizard, Harry. King love you. We love you. We, we love, love you. you, trans community. Yeah. What else has she said? Oh, no. Uh, oh, I'm worried. So she goes on, if sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the 
removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. And that's the end of this rant. It's trash fire Twitter rant. Which I don't think there's anything to add to that one other than I know and love trans people. Like, not even Uh, saying I have trans friends. (laughs) She wouldn't wouldn't even go there. I think that any trans person that you claim to know has disowned you, JK. (laughs) Uh, Also... You don't publicly denounce the existence and the validity of the identify of the identity of people you love. That's not how love works. No, actually. And for a woman that wrote a book series where the overarching takeaway and theme was that love conquers all, bit rich coming from you, Joe. Bit rich. <laughs> bit rich. Also, to end this tirade by saying it isn't hate to speak the truth <laughs> when you are misinformed yeah. and lying through your teeth yeah. and scrambling for any sort of notion of, of, of validity to validity. your argument. And also ask any trans person and you are causing harm it by just, airing these views. That is hate. That it just seems speech. it just seems very Jordan Peterson to say it Ew. isn't hate to speak the truth, doesn't it? Like Ew. it seems very like um angry white man on a YouTube channel yeah. being like, ah, I'm speaking the truth and they hate me for it kind of thing. It's yeah. just, well, as soon as you're saying those words, it's like, ooh, alarm bells should be going off. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like you, I feel, I, I'm so disappointed. So I'm so disappointed. Yeah. I'm disappointed too. And you know who I think would also be disappointed? <laughs> who? JK Rowling from like 10 years ago. <laughs> okay, let's hear what she had to say from... What 2008. did you say in 2008, Josh? Well, she gave a Harvard commencement address. I like that only Harvard could afford to get J.K. Rowling <laughs> at their commencement. Yes. And at this event uh, address, she, she went into a lot of detail about her work at Amnesty International. Okay. Um, like, the thing, the thing that frustrates me the most is that she's done a lot of good work. Mm. She's worked for Amnesty International. She has, like... I, I've read like quotes where she has called out fat phobia, and mm. I know that she has. Yeah, but against Trump, past, Trump, people yeah. just say like, "Oh, yeah. Trump." They the only criticism they make about him is is how he's fat. Yeah, 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 and, and it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> there are plenty of reasons. Plenty of other criticism. Trump. And but, also, but, she was she was really supportive when uh, in the Cursed Child, which is the stage play that's a, a follow up of Harry Potter. Um, Hermione was cast as a black woman and she was very outspoken and she was like, the only descriptors of Hermione are that she has big teeth and she's got untamable frizzy hair. Black woman fits the narrative. Like, I'm fully supportive of that. Yeah. She's also given so much to charity that she got taken off the richest person on earth list. Mm. Like, she was was in the top 10 or 100 or whatever it was and she gave away so much of her money. She lost her millionaire status. Yeah. Like, that's the... That's the dream, to be able to have so much money that you're then able to give that much away. I mean, she probably knew that she would quickly get back up there with all the royalties <laughs> from Harry Potter. But, yeah, that's but true. nonetheless... It's not like they weren't flooding back in still. Nonetheless, point still stands. She's done some great things. I mean, she's also, she's also pro-Palestine. So J.K. Rowling gave a commencement address at Harvard in 2008, where she spoke a lot about her work at Amnesty International, a lot about her career before Harry Potter. And then she said... If you choose to use your status and influence to raise your voice on behalf of those who have no voice, if you choose to identify not only with the powerful, but with the powerless, if you retain the ability to imagine yourself into the lives of those who do not have your advantages, then it will not only be your proud families who will celebrate your existence, but thousands and millions of people whose reality you have helped change. 
We do not need magic to change the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. We like have the power nice. to imagine better. I like that bit. Like, but, that's nice. And also, now that I've contextualized this as she's addressing people who are very, very privileged yeah. and are probably going to be very influential yeah. within the world, it does make... They graduated from Harvard. It, the, the, it, it sounds slightly less stupid. Um <laughs> To be saying that... Uh, but your families will be proud. Your proud families will celebrate your existence and thousands of millions and millions of people whose reality have helped change But even still, you. the sentiment of do be good, a good be ally because it'll make people you... People will celebrate you. It's yeah. like so wrong. Just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And because you have no other choice unless yeah. you want to not be a good person. Yeah, maybe she's trying to motivate like all these Slytherin-esque Harvard <laughs> uh, students. I don't know. Uh, it's, it does make sense. Like she, she was that and now she's spewing hate. She's a hate-filled turf. And I, I think it's important to point out that that turfs claim that they are feminists <laughs> And so anything that they say, they are saying under the guise of trying to better things for women. Mm. But that is, bigotry is not the way to do that. No. No. And also, like, if you're using your feminist, in inverted commas, because, again, I don't want to be associated with these people. <laughs> these people. <laughs> these people. If you're using your feminist platform to speak against the trans community you're just using energy that you could otherwise be directing against the patriarchy. Like, like it shouldn't be TERFs v trans women or trans no, anyone. No. It should be the trans community side by side with intersectional feminism and also, no, it shouldn't even be that they're side by side. That should be an overlapped Venn diagram. Like, yeah. the tr- trans people need to be 100% accepted and included into feminism so that together we can all fight patriarchy. Also, I've never heard of feminist exclusionary radical transism. <laughs> like, like, I've never like, heard I'm of the reverse. I'm a trans person and I denounce feminism. Like, yeah, I'm a furt. I've, I've never heard of furts. <laughs> So, like, what's going on? But also, like, every... Uh, like, I know that it probably makes sense that as the three of us being, like, very avid feminists, that the people that we know and associate with are also feminists. But the trans people that we reached out to have all said, yes, of course I'm a feminist. Yeah. And also, yes, of course the trans community at large is very supportive and active in advancing feminism. Yeah. Like... It just makes so much sense because because patriarchy affects women, but patriarchy probably more so affects trans I just, people. I just, trans people are yeah. more disenfranchised <clears throat> totally, than women. Totally, at large. I I do not get how she feels disempowered by trans people. I just feel that she's a bigot and she's trying to justify herself. Yeah, I think now is a good time to segue into hearing from some trans. Voices, because as we said, that sounds really good. None of us are trans, yep. um, and we've been very honoured to hear from a few trans people about what is happening currently. So, first off, I'm going to read a message that I received um, from a trans woman named Sarah about this interaction, and the, we are then going to go on and hear from some other trans voices as well. Again, I know we've said it a million times, but thank you so much um, to these people who have shared their experiences. Sarah writes. These kind of comments, being the the, um, 
transphobic comments that JK Rowling has made, contribute to the ongoing lateral violence within the LGBTIQ plus community and the wider community, which in turn continues to drive trans deaths. This violence and murder disproportionately impacts people of colour and First Nations communities. Ultimately, the trans community is aware that Rowling unapologetically subscribes to the trans-exclusionary radical feminist worldview. I think it's important right now to not be distracted by sensationalism that at the end of the day amounts to another rich white person speaking over the top of people of colour at a time when the entire world is focused on police murdering people of colour and a global pandemic, for Rowling to continue to seek attention and a platform to spew her own hate and insecurities when she could be using her privilege to raise black voices is insensitive and utterly deplorable. Sarah, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head with that sentence. I think it's extremely important, Sarah writes, that as white people, We recognise our privilege and the fact that Rowling's comments, while offensive and ignorant, pale in comparison to black deaths in custody, of which there have been at least 434 since the 1991 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody, with zero convictions. And I think it's important right now, as a nation, to raise the voices of our black brothers and sisters. And I just want to say... um, from my own perspective as Mim, I'm not reading Sarah's message anymore that I think that it's really humble of Sarah at a time when her mm. community is hurting to um, to use this opportunity to platform black voices. Um, yeah. Sarah, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that experience. We love you. We're now going to hear from some other trans voices. You've already heard their voices throughout this podcast. We've been including them as sound bites. You're now going to hear them respond to a couple of questions that we posed to them specifically about this situation and their position in it. We'll let them introduce themselves. Hello, lovely listeners of Feminism Ruins Everything, a feminist podcast. Uh, my name is Max Fisher, and I have been asked to come and chat about some things surrounding trans issues and rights. Uh, by the lovely Millicent. Uh, I am somewhat qualified to talk on this issue because I myself am trans. Um, So I use they, them pronouns and I am a gender fluid person. So I don't identify strictly as male or female. I kind of just exist along the spectrum of gender rather than like a set gender or lack thereof, which is lots of fun. And it is very confusing for everyone involved. Um, So uh, just before I answer some of the questions I have been sent, I would like to make it clear that uh, my experiences as a non-binary trans person are not representative of the entire trans community and that these answers are based on my own understanding and my own privilege and biases. So they will not be indicative of every trans person's experience. That should be a given, but I just wanted to get that out there before I um, say something. Howdy, y'all. I'm a transgender woman. My pronouns are she, her. And as a queer trans person, I have many challenges to endure in my life. A great privilege that I do have, though, is the acceptance of my friends and family who have embraced me as I truly am. Not every trans person is so lucky. Too many of us are disowned and ostracized by our families and communities. Also, you think it's hard recording your own voice, hearing it played back? 
Try adding the dysphoria of it not matching your identity. It's almost like it isn't my voice. It's it's really hard. This is this has been a really big challenge. But with these issues, I can't stay silent. I've worked backstage in the theater pretty much my entire working life. I'm a big nerd and an avid roller skater and a derby girl from one of Adelaide's mixed gender roller derby leagues, Light City Derby. Squee squee LCD. All of the trans people who have contributed to this episode are passionate feminists. And so we asked these guests where they see themselves fitting in the modern feminist movement and whether they'd ever felt ostracized from the feminist movement because they weren't cis women. And here's what they had to say about that. Well, I mean, this, again, this is definitely based on personal experience, but um, I think I see myself fitting in in, in um, my social identity as well as my physical characteristics. So um, my assigned sex at birth was um, female. So typically people would, I have characteristics such as like chromosomes and um, genitalia that would most typically be associated with a cis woman. Um, And so in general, for most of my life, up until probably like this point in time, I have been raised under the assumption that I am a cis woman. And so a lot of my experiences before coming out are indicative and very similar to that of a cis woman's in that I experience, um, you know, sexual harassment for being um, outwardly feminine and having to worry about reproductive rights such as abortions and um, period products and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Um, I think a lot of things that modern feminism stands to, you know, talk about and have a dialogue and start advocating for are things that affect me, even though I am not a woman. And that essentially boils down to my physical characteristics. But, um, in terms of my actual social identity, it's... But it's really interesting to see where I fit in in terms of that because I'm not a woman and I don't try and live my daily life as a woman. I like I much prefer people to just kind of recognize me as a just kind of thing with a gender. <laughs> um, I don't experience um anti-femme and anti-woman things in the same way that cis women do because there's kind of that extra barrier of like but I'm not a woman and it's 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 very complex and kind of confusing and very annoying because socially I like to be known as not a woman but in every other way I'm automatically assumed to be a woman which is fun. I don't know if I've ever been ostracized by feminists in particular, but I think that there's a lot of internalized 
things that I had to overcome when I was realizing my gender identity. Um, something I managed to convince myself of when I was, you know, struggling with what is my gender? Who am I? What am I doing with my life? I think something I really internalized was the idea that I mentally had disconnected from the idea of femininity so much that I had convinced myself that I was going through gender issues when I wasn't. And it was, it's such a, a weird thing to have to get through because um, I had internalized transphobia that I was pretending was internalized misogyny. Um, so the feminist movement in particular has never really ostracized me. It's more that I kind of tried to force myself into the mold of a, I'm a strong, independent woman who is being manipulated by misogynistic ideals. Like I really kind of internalized the idea that, um, being anything other than my assigned gender at birth was a rejection of femininity. And it was just, it's such a strange period of my life it was so like just based heavily in internalized transphobia. <laughs> um, I see myself most identifying with intersectional feminism. My journey with it has a way to go. And as we all learn and grow and, and expand upon concepts that we learn in life in a nutshell, my understanding is that, it considers there are many differing factors that make your lived experience of sexism different from person to person. Such things to be considered are like um, sexuality, race, age, ability, socioeconomic status, education, just to name a few. And I am sure I am missing loads of very important points. Basically, considering that sexist dogma affects all people differently and different support is needed for different folks. Hopefully the only thing radical about me is when I'm shredding balls and spreading the stoke while skating. In my short time living as a woman, I've already found myself like very quickly ticking off a proverbial checklist of, of what some aspects of the female experience is. I've had people catcalling me. I've been followed in the street by people in cars. I've been dismissed and talked over by predominantly cis men and abused online for, for just existing. It's, it can be really horrible. Like, it, it can be super awful. I hope, obviously, things said about the trans community by the likes of Jermaine Greer, J.K. Rowling, Jordan Peterson, and Steven Crowder are recognised as punching down. Oh, and I just remembered I'd like to add Graham Linehan. There's a horrendously transphobic episode of the IT crowd, and it's just awful. While some of those names don't necessarily come from a background of feminism, I just wanted to point out that they have a platform and they use it to harm people and not in power. Particularly Jordan Peterson. I find his rhetoric to be ambiguous in nature and open in its application to some awful discrimination. And to those who have read his self-help book, I'm not going to mention the title, but with all self-help books, the real power, in my opinion, comes from the reader, not the author. The last thing that we asked our trans contributors was what trans-inclusive feminism looks like to them. Well, first and foremost, it has to be inclusive. <laughs> um, and so that means all trans people. That means um, binary trans people. So trans women, trans men. It means non-binary trans people. Like 
um, gender fluid, demi boy, demi girl, uh, agender, people who are gender flux, gender fluid, and you know, there's obviously the debate of like there's 600 genders, blah 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 blah. But you know, it's <sighs> um, including trans people in the conversation about feminism. I find is I think very important to allow trans voices to be highlighted it help it'll further help getting rid of the stigma around trans women especially because I think they are among some of the most affected by trans misogyny and it's scary shit so um trans inclusive feminism just quite literally means including everyone who is not a cis man in the conversation about gender discrimination and then like bringing cis men into the conversation and then lifting everyone up so that we all have a better more equitable society like all of that stuff just everyone in there there is not a single gender or person who should not be included in feminism at least especially modern feminism it's very important that we highlight all voices because otherwise how are we any better than the um misogynists who try and diminish people's voices on the basis of their gender so um that's all for me friends uh thank you very much for listening to me rant and talk about my frustrations uh i hope you all have a lovely month a lovely 2020 and here's hoping that things can only get better from here to me the future is intersectional i want it to include and empower all people through equality trans and cis alike but in a way that does consider the differing experiences of all people for me in the theater industry it's both a very accepting place, but also a very judgmental place where I've found mixed levels of acceptance. The good mostly outweighing the bad, but I can't imagine what people go through in other industries. Outside of my family and close friends, there has been no greater realms of inclusivity than in the two roller derby leagues I've been lucky enough to be affiliated with. As mentioned before, LCD, where I started, and for a short time at SRDL, Sydney Roller Derby League. These two communities have both supported me on my journey and empowered me to be a better person. In the time I've had to do some research on this topic, I came across this quote. Differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. Clearly JK Rowling and I have differing views on equality. And it seems her heart is closed. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.